Do you know the most common injuries your character could suffer during a tornado? What are the five categories of triage? What are the signs of internal bleeding? What did I try to pierce with a rock? Find out on this episode. Welcome to Writing Rule with Allie. I'm Allie and this is episode number 39, Tornado Triage and First Aid. Welcome to the last of a three-part tornado series. Week one was Tornadoes 101, where I covered how tornadoes are formed and the signs of potential tornadoes. Week two was Inside a Tornado, Survival, where I covered what happens when a tornado hits and how to give your character the best chance of survival. This week, we are talking about what your character will do if they are injured or need to help someone injured in a tornado. Before we get started today, let me be very clear. I am in no way, shape, form, or fashion a medical person of any kind. This is not medical advice. This is solely for the purposes of writing, fiction, stories, and nothing else. Now let's get into this. In a tornado, there is a high chance of injury. I will cover many of the common injuries, but this is by no means a full list, only a good starting place. Let's start by listing them out and then going over them. In a tornado, there can be cuts, scrapes, and lacerations, bruises, broken or fractured bones, dislocations, crushing injuries, irritation to eyes, ears, nose, or airways from dust and debris, strained or sprained, Muscles, foreign bodies inside the body from debris, head trauma, brain injury, internal bleeding, back or spine injury, amputations, or even death. A few other things. The low pressure associated with some tornadoes is believed to have caused pregnant women close to their due dates to go into labor. Heart attacks can happen from the stress and fear going through a tornado. People witnessing or driving close to a tornado could end up in a car wreck. Infections in the days after injuries are always possible. Historically, injuries were the number one cause of death in many instances. Potentially, hypothermia is something your character might have to face if their shelter is destroyed. In modern stories, heat is something that your character might have to deal with if there is no air conditioning. I already have a full episode on heat-related illnesses and hypothermia. Plus, there are several episodes on what to do to stay cool without air conditioning and how to stay warm without electricity. So I will not be covering these today. If you want to know more, you can find my episodes on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. Now let's break some of this down. Eyes, ears, nose, and airways can be affected by dust and debris in a tornado. When we were hit with a tornado, it only took the shingles off of our home while it took out the entire barn. The pollen and dust were thick in the air and caused some of the worst hay fever, what we call allergies, we have ever had. Several of us had sinus infections afterwards. However, in the EF5 I spoke of last week, one story was of a demolished home and the person physically looked a different color because of how much dust and dirt they were covered in. I met them the following day after they had a good shower and their eyes still looked black where they should have been white. The severity of dust and debris in the air will depend on the severity of the tornado. Cuts and scrapes are fairly well known to deal with. Large lacerations might require stitches. Your character will need to apply pressure to the area until they can receive stitches. Hopefully they do not have to do this alone in the wilderness in caveman times, but I'm sure someone did. If possible, they should use a clean cloth or leather to place over and hold pressure. There are certain types of leaves that do well with this. Plantain leaves work well, and they also have anti-inflammatory and antibiotic properties. Historically, needles have been made of thorns from trees, such as hawthorn trees, from bone, wood, porcupine quills, and more. Stitches in history have been made from cotton, silk, hemp, and even pig and cat intestines. I wish I was making that up. 
And no, I do not want to know who thought of that or why. Dislocations can be painful, but I have found that most are more painful after they are back in the correct position. I don't know why. They can have long-term impacts on your character's joints, muscles, and mobility. Many people who dislocate their shoulders will later have shoulder pain. I have dislocated a thumb before, and it can be stiff, it can be locked up, or even painful. They will need to be set. That means that they are placed back in the socket that they belong in. This most often requires a person's help, or like you see in the movies, ramming it into something and hoping for the best. However, that could tear muscles and make everything worse. Foreign bodies inside the body can be anything from splinters to stepping on nails and glass in the aftermath or being impaled by something. Modern first aid for anything bigger than a splinter is to leave it where it is the body. Removing it can have unintended consequences, such as bleeding out if it hit an artery. That is why you should secure it to the area and transfer the patient to the nearest medical facility. That could mean if they have a screwdriver in their neck, it is wrapped as carefully as possible, and they are transported in the back of a pickup truck to the hospital. Don't strangle the poor character. They've been through enough. If writing historically, your character might need to stop the bleeding quickly. If they are not a doctor, the fastest way most societies stopped it was to burn everything in the area where the blood was coming out from to try to stop the bleeding. Not recommended in real life. It sounds painful and many will faint. That said, you will find that some people are just another kind of tough and grit their teeth but never make a sound. And it's not always predictable who will do which. There is a chance of electrocution from downed power lines. Characters will need to be careful to watch out for this in any modern story. For broken bones in modern stories, try to wrap it carefully with something to support the area and keep it as unmoving as possible until they get medical treatment. In history, bones could be set by almost anyone with the strength to set them. They would then wrap them tightly on a straight support, such as several sticks around the arm or leg. They needed to make sure they could not move the body part for a few weeks to give the bone time to heal. This could mean using crutches or putting an arm in a sling. Fractures are set like this also. Body parts can be amputated in some instances. Remember the bleeding will need to be stopped. If your character is using a tourniquet, remember that they need to place it on the upper arm or thigh of the leg. The lower arm and the calf of the leg both have two bones with blood vessels between them. You cannot entirely stop the bleeding if your character's tourniquet is there. Also, many times in history, they just flushed the wound and cauterized the blood vessels and sewed them up hoping for the best. Modern stories could hold exceptions where they reattach the limb if it is in good enough condition. That might be a big if in a tornado. Crushing injuries can be more complicated, but they don't have to be. They could be crushed by a wall or other large debris. This could be the whole character likely killing them. Crushing to the chest is also likely to kill even in modern times. A single body part could be crushed also. Arm, leg, hand, foot, etc. I could tell you this can feel different for each character on different parts of the body. An example is that I once had my hand crushed in an old farmhouse window with counterweights. When the counterweights broke, the window fell, crushing my hand. It hurt a lot. My hand swelled three times bigger than it was and was black and purple for weeks. Somehow, nothing was broken. However, I was once hit in the face with a rock. I attempted to pierce the bridge of my nose the hard way. It didn't hurt. 
It felt like I was poked in a bruise, but it didn't hurt. I likely should have gotten stitches for that one, but it's a little late now. Internal bleeding that you can't see is likely as tricky to write as it is tricky to detect if you are not a medical professional. Signs and symptoms could include swollen or tight stomachs, extended abdomen, nausea or vomiting, pale, clammy, or sweaty skin, breathlessness, headache, dizziness, not remembering the tornado or the event in which they were injured, confusion, altered state of mind, or head wounds. If riding modern, they need to get to the nearest medical center right away. This is always considered life-threatening. If writing historical, there was not a whole lot that they could do. Some cultures, such as Egyptians, practiced drilling a hole in the skull to relieve pressure on the brain. In medieval Europe, they practiced bloodletting. They would cut into a vein or artery to remove the blood from the victim. This would likely kill them, unless they were lucky enough to hit the injury instead. Uh, this is almost guaranteed death. I won't say 100%, but it is sure close. There is also a good chance your character was not wearing shoes when the tornado hit. Although some people in modern times will put shoes on when the tornado watches come out just in case. If they do not, or maybe they were sleeping, they might be walking barefoot on debris afterwards. This could be glass, nails, sewing needles, etc. As I said, infections in history, and I imagine after the apocalypse, were a high risk. One thing that combated that was collodial silver. It sounds crazy, but it has been used since the Romans, and I know people today who still swear by it. A silver coin in the bottom of the cup is a historical variation of this. Remember that most coins made after 1964 contain little or no silver. The plantain plant is something that is and has been used for hundreds of years. It has been used in tea, or the leaves are used to apply it directly to the cut that is infected. Better yet, before it is infected. To try and ward off infection before it happens. Of course, in modern stories, and depending on what happens in your apocalypse, there could be modern or advanced antibiotics. With infections comes fever. Today, we have over-the-counter medications to help. Historically, teas were used to help bring down fevers. Some things used were licorice root, yarrow, bayberry, fennel, catnip, lime blossom, lemon balm, ginger, and elderberries. Now, in very serious scenarios, triage will be needed if large numbers of people are injured. Triage is just a fancy way of saying determining who needs help first because they are the most severely injured or have life-threatening injuries and who can wait longer. The very sad reality is that if there are large numbers of severely injured people, hard decisions on who to save might have to be made because as much as doctors want to save everyone, they cannot always do so. There are five categories of triage. Number one, resuscitation. This is something like an active heart attack where the person could be seconds away from death. Number two, emergency. This is something like blood loss. The person would potentially have minutes to live. Number three, urgent. Something needs to be done within the next half hour. Breathing difficulties and concussions fall into this category. Number four, semi-urgent. This is anything that needs to be seen within the hour. Potential fractures, eye infections, and things of that nature. Number five, non-urgent. This is when someone should be seen within two hours, but after the most important ones. This includes things like the common cold, cuts that are not going to require stitches. Sometimes triage stations are set up in tents to see to those in need if there are large numbers. When the 2011 tornado hit Joplin, Missouri, it hit one of the hospitals in the town. With many roads already impossible to get through, they had to set up triage tents, sometimes called field hospitals. Interesting fact. Every year, many pets and livestock are casualties of tornado. An extra and interesting layer you can add to your story. 
now for everyone's favorite part. What could possibly go wrong? Well, let me tell you, likely to go wrong? Your character is badly bruised after being hit with debris from the tornado. Also likely to go wrong? Your character has chest pain from the dust and debris they inhaled during the tornado. Possible to go wrong? Your character gets an infection from the wounds that they received during the tornado. Also possible to go wrong? Your character steps on a nail as they are going through the tornado debris. They may need a tetanus shot, which was invented in the 1920s and widely used by 1939. Unlikely to go wrong? Your character has a dislocated hip and needs help to reset it. This would be very painful. Also unlikely to go wrong, your character could have debris hit their car. This could cause a car wreck and even be deadly. Improbable, but still technically in the realm of possibilities. Your character is partially crushed when a chimney collapses on them. They could lose a limb or even be paralyzed. Also improbable, but still technically in their own possibilities. Your pregnant character's water breaks as the tornado hits. They are left to give birth alone in the remnants of their home. You can find this episode's show notes and helpful links to learn more on my website, allyheart.com. That's A-L-L-E-Y-H-A-R-T dot com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe and follow for more episodes. Connect on my YouTube videos by dropping me a comment. A new episode comes out every Monday. Until then, happy wordsmithing. Smithing.